and welcome to the Eating 1871 podcast with me, Jeremy Inson. I'm talking to the people involved and bringing you all the news from Eating Trailfinders Amateur Men's Section. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this special podcast. It's Saturday the 4th of February. I'm in the Olympic Pavilion, which has been turned into a cardiac clinic. There are echo tests and ECGs going on. And there's a cardiac specialist behind a screen in the corner. It's for a two-day heart screening clinic for anyone between the ages of 14 and 35, including a couple of familiar faces from the Ealing 1871 setup, who we'll be catching up with in a bit. It's been organised by the charity Cry Cardiac Risk in the Young and funded by the Tom Clabham Fund. I met the founder of the fund, Paul Clabham, who explained how the fund started and how it supports clinics like this one. The charity has been a huge support to me and my family for many years since our son, Tom Clabham, died in 2007 from an undiagnosed heart condition. And following that, we've always supported CRY. Um, we didn't know where to turn at first and it seemed to be the charity for us because it's very specific. It is about young people aged between 14 and 35 and Tom was at the younger end because he was 14 rising 15. Um, and then in a way it became even more personal because we were tested after Tom's death and they discovered that his uh, mum Claire also had a heart condition and uh, she died in 2014 um, at the age of 54. So uh, it's now me and my daughter Ellen, who uh, is just off having an echo <laughs> as we speak, um, who are keeping things going. So we've fundraised and generally tried to raise awareness uh, about young sudden cardiac death ever since that point, and we're extremely grateful that Trailfinders are uh, hosting us, have hosting us for a couple of years now. Most of these incidents that we see are high profile and sports people and uh, what tends to make the papers are the people who suddenly collapse on a playing field of some description when actually Cry's research suggests that 80% um, of these incidents happen while someone is at rest or asleep so we actually lost Tom while he was in his sleep. How has it grown over those 15-16 years? Well CRY I think is unique amongst charities in that it offers a framework for grieving parents so I suppose like many other people and in all walks of life, if you've lost someone close or a child or something, your first thought is, well, I, maybe not your first thought, but perhaps your second thought is, I don't want this happening to someone else if there's a way of stopping it because I know what this feels like as a parent. And CRY offer the chance to, um, they have uh, what they call protected funds. So the responsibility of the family is to raise money find a venue, promote the event, and then cry, look after everything else. They 
provide a framework by which they do all the administration, all the accounting. I don't have to worry about whether my that the money that the fund has raised is being accounted for properly. I don't have to have a separate accountant. They do that. And they do it for all these families. And essentially, you raise the money, and then you have a choice. You've got a crib sheet full of notes, I'm sure, lots of information about cardiac risk in the young. What can you actually tell us about it and, and what we maybe don't know that, uh, that you found out through working through CRY? CRY itself has carried out 250,000 screening tests since it started and from that you get one in 300 as being someone at serious risk. So if you want to put that in context, we're doing two days here with trail finders. Some other family will do another day next week. From those three screening days you could reasonably expect to find someone at risk, at serious risk. Another one in 100 will have some sort of issue you know they might find a heart murmur or a hole in the heart something that if it's monitored doesn't give a problem in later life right we are back in the main hall of the olympic pavilion there are plenty of tests going on behind the curtains we're going to nip behind one of them and catch up with the doctor who is interpreting the results of all the tests here today i'm uh, nikhil chatrath i'm one of the cardiology research fellows with cardiac risk in the young our main role as research fellows is to see each individual that comes through the door and to most importantly interpret the ECG that we see, we see and then order investigations downstream, whether or not that's an echocardiogram on the day or some further investigations in their local setting, local hospital. Yeah. So what's the setup here today? There's lots of screens. I can't actually yeah. see through them. Yeah. Uh, what's going on behind them? Yeah, so um, as you can see, lots of screens here. Um, we have so people will come in on the front door. They'll um, they have the forms um, which they sign and uh, a little bit of a consent form, as well as uh, talking about cardiac symptoms. So whether or not they get palpitations, chest pain, uh, dizziness, shortness of breath whilst they're exercising or even at rest, all that's covered on the form. A little bit about family history. Um, and other other uh, medical problems, then they go into one of these screens behind one of these screens here and have an ECG performed. Um, so that's just sort of twelve leads on the chest and on the legs as well. So we can see the electricity of the heart with an ECG. Um, and then there's some other screens here where people will go on to have an echocardiogram if if needed, uh, which is like an ultrasound scan of the heart to give us more information. Yeah. And how soon do they get the results? And then you can analyse and, and let them know what the situation is. Um, so that kind of depends on how sort of quick I am on the day uh, so normally people about five or ten minutes later that I'll have the ECG with me and I can interpret it and tell them the results on the day uh, the echo takes a little bit longer maybe about half an hour or so uh, but the results are always pretty much given on, on the day yeah and for those who unfortunately do get you detect a problem what's their next step um so it's very important kind of i guess what what we what we do well we believe it's important there's about 12 uh you know apparently fit and healthy young individuals in the uk every week that have some form of either sudden cardiac death or sudden cardiac arrest which they survive um, with appropriate defibrillation and so on so we do identify problems here which could be associated with those sudden cardiac arrest or sudden cardiac death um, often we will refer people onwards for further investigations. That might mean, for, particularly in the athletic individuals, putting them onto a treadmill or a bike to see if they develop any problems with the heart rhythm uh, or any rhythm abnormalities when they're doing those things. Uh, they will also have a, a scan of their heart and sometimes even an MRI scan of the heart to make to see if there's any scarring or anything else like that. Yeah. And what sort of the problems that 
you would detect? Um, so lots of things. On, on an ECG, we can detect problems with the structure of the heart, so problems with the top chambers or the bottom chambers, either being too big, um, not working properly, uh, or a problem with the kind of the electrics of the heart as well. Um, so it encompasses a lot of broad, you know, the, the broad term we use is called cardiomy cardiomyopathies. But also we can have problems with the electrics of the heart. Um, and it's important to note as well that, you know, sometimes we do ask people to come back because we can't always get the information we need just from a one, one isolated ECG on the day. So sometimes it's worth people returning for a repeat ECG, yeah. And the cardiac in issues in young people, how serious a problem is it? Um, as you mentioned, it's undetected, but... Yeah, so it's a very serious issue. I mean, as we, as we were saying before, around 12 uh, apparently fit and healthy young people every week have an undiagnosed heart condition, which can predispose them to sudden, sudden death. We're, we're obviously in the media, we, we see a lot of uh, cases. There was recently an NF NFL player um, that was quite well documented. Uh, previous ones in the UK, Christian Eriksen, in the, in the Euros, Fabrice Mwamba, and several other footballers, which attracts kind of uh, you know high profile individuals who it happens to um, generate a lot of interest. So it could be that we're only really seeing the tip of the iceberg and there may be a lot of conditions which are you know not properly reported we only find about out about the ones in in the press really anyone who's thinking of coming to one of these days you know those people who fit into the age category um what would you say to them definitely come <laughs> i would say you know it's it only takes a few minutes to have the ecg done it's not painful there's no like needles or anything like that um it's just a very straightforward few stickers on the chest few stickers on the legs uh a few wires and we get the information that we need very very quickly um of course you know it can't identify all problems with the heart and things can develop later in life but it can you know detect up to 90 percent of conditions so I would I would definitely advocate coming um, because even that sort of 20 minutes half an hour with us could it could save your life I'm stood here with one of the uh, one of the players from 1871 who's uh, taken up the option of coming here today it's Carl Beck scrum half ready for this match this afternoon again away to Tabard. Carl, what happened in there? Uh, how long did it take? What sort of things did they do to you? Uh, so it took about 10-15 minutes. Um, basically we went into a, a room and um, they put some uh, heart rate and stickers on us and they checked our heart rate um, and see if our heart was healthy or not. And I think it's really good for young players to get this done because it's just a precaution in case you do. And it's happened on pitches before, and it's just good to be safe. What was the result for you? All okay? I'm all healthy. Healthy Beck. That's us almost finished for the day, but we're going to leave the last word with Paul Clabham to talk about the work being done here by Cardiac Risk in the Young. Thanks for listening. You find it harder as it gets long. You know, it's a long while since Tom now, so and it's a long while now since Claire. And you find that it, it gets harder in the sense that that immediate emotion has gone from people to, to sort of react. I think what I feel is that we'll keep plugging away, doing our little bits. It feels to me that the levels of awareness are still way too low, but are rising. Um, I say that because, you know, various football teams and so on are getting involved and that can only be a good thing. What I find the most frustrating is that it's 2007 that Tom died and in 2023 we're actually 
no further forward in terms of having a proper cardiac policy for young people in this country and I find that very frustrating. We just need the National Screening Committee <laughs> which is the body that recommends all and, and that that is due to be it was due to be another review this year uh, but now uh, that seems to have been slightly kicked into the long grass we don't know when the next review is going to be uh, and that's the bit I find frustrating because I'm going well you know, you've got a body of evidence that is now a quarter of a million tests strong what what cry are trying to do and what we all say you've got to have the scientific evidence if you've got the scientific evidence if you can persuade the National Screening Committee, then it does become a political issue because then the National Screening Committee says to the Department of Health, we think there should be a screening programme. Over to you guys. And politicians can say, well, it's too much, it costs too much, it can be this. We're not, no one's talking about a main mandatory screening programme. What we think is that if someone wants to be screened, they should have the choice. If you've got a uh, something that causes death which in 80% of cases is symptomless no one knows it's going to happen before that point then I feel that you need to give people a choice about whether they want to have that cardiac test or not, they might not do fine, but give them the choice Thanks for listening, join us again next time don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all the usual social channels. And remember, bleed green.